you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Welcome, and we want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We hope you have a wonderful and special day. You know, right now in the comments section, I want you to write down what you love or you loved about your mother. So when you do that, let's have some fun together. What did you love about your mom or what do you love about your mom? And also, while that's happening, if you are a guest with us today, maybe this is your first time tuning in to worship with us, or second or third, if you've not connected with us, we'd love to be able to connect with you. So you can go to heightschurch.org slash connect. And by connecting with us, we'll be able to know how to pray for you a little better, let you know more about Heights, and, and see how we might be able to serve you. You're right now, Governor Abbott is continuing to unveil his reopening of Texas plan. And I know many of you are eager and asking the questions, when is campus reopening here at Heights? I want you to know that our staff has been working incredibly hard at developing a plan that uh, is an incremental opening over the next several months uh, to get us back to full activities in a safe manner. Our transition team has been coming along and giving us great wisdom and working in that as well. And so on May 17th at 5 o'clock here at the Heights Facebook page, I'm going to be live and I'll give you that plan. Now, what we're doing is we're really planning month by month. And so this will be our June plan that we will unveil on May 17th at 5 o'clock live. Why we're going to do that live here on the Facebook page is because there, while I'm talking and unveiling the plan, you can write comments, you can ask questions, and I'll be able to answer those questions in real time for you. And so uh, to let you know what we're looking at, uh, we're planning either May 31st, or the first Sunday in June, being back here for worship services uh, at 9 and 10.30. Now, someone once said this to me this week, and I think it was dead on. Uh, He said, you know, flexibility right now is still too rigid. We need to be fluid. And listen, we can come up with a plan that might change. And so let's stay fluid in all our communications and all our planning knowing that the day is going to come that we get a chance to worship together again, and it's going to come very soon. And so May 17th, 5 o'clock, we encourage you uh, to be back here at the Facebook page, and we'll unveil that plan for you. So let's open in a word of prayer this morning as we get started. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your kindness. Father, I thank you for all the moms that are, are watching today, all the moms that have gone before us, Lord, we thank you for for their love in our lives. And Lord, I I thank you this morning uh, for an opportunity to come and to open your word. Lord, an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to speak again to us uh, afresh and anew. And so, Lord, I pray in my life as I pray for those that are are watching uh, that the word of God we will see as your word, that it is profitable, it is good for us. And it is what we need to change our mind, our hearts, and our actions to better live and and to worship you. And so, Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You you may have heard this phrase before, life comes at you fast. 
You know, if you think about all the changes since March, life has come at us fast. You know, whether you're the age of five or 95, all of us have been affected by all the changes around us. But if you think about the early Christians in the book of Acts, life came at them fast too. You know, Jesus was crucified. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. Over a period of 40 days, he appeared off and on to the uh, disciples, teaching them about the kingdom of God to come. Ten days later, at the celebration of Pentecost, he ascended to heaven. And when he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came down. And so in Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up and he preaches a message about Jesus to the crowd. Now there at the celebration of Pentecost in Jerusalem was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people People from all kinds of uh, different countries, different races, different languages, different customs, different backgrounds. And 3,000 people at the end of that sermon said, yes, I want to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Life came at them fast. They had a church that started overnight, and they had 3,000 members right off the bat. You know, in our world, when we continue, we'll have to change. And life comes at us fast and circumstances all around us change. What remains the same is your identity in Jesus Christ. That's why in this series we've been saying as we're having to learn this new normal of life, we need to remember who we are. In the first week we said this, we are empowered people empowered by God. That God empowers us with the Holy Spirit. And then we said that we're proclaiming people. We don't want to just be people who know the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to be people who share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. Last week, we talked about serving people. That's who we are. We're serving people. You know, we don't want to just be Christians in a community. We want to be for the community. You know, we want to be for the communities we live in. We are servants. And this week, we want to talk about being praying people. See, our identity in Jesus remains the same. That's the constant in an ever-changing world. And so let me ask you, if you think about your prayers, if you think about your prayer list today, what's missing? What's missing on your prayer list? You know, when we come into Acts chapter 3, if you've got a Bible or maybe there an app on your phone, you see an opportunity to pray. The early Christians began to pray. You know, in Acts chapter 3, when you pick up, you see a miracle that happens. Uh, Verse 1 tells us as Peter and John, they're on their way to the temple for the time of prayer. And as they're walking by to the temple, there's a man there in the street. He's lame by birth, and he's asking for money. And he calls out to Peter and John, and he he asks for them to drop a quarter, a dollar, a $20 bill in the cup there. And Peter says this in verse 4 of chapter 3. And Peter directed his gaze at him and did John, and he said, Look at us. And he affixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Listen, right now, as believers in Jesus Christ, people are looking at you. When you struggles, hardships, things change in your life, people are watching you. They're fixing their gaze upon you. What are they seeing? What are they seeing on your Facebook pages all the time? What are your posts all about? You know, right now, because we're having to practice so much physical distancing, really our social media accounts are the way to get the Word of God out more and more. And sure, I post funny things off and on, but genuinely, what are people seeing that you're putting out? 
See, people are watching. And so Peter and John said, look at us. And they said, look, money we don't have to give you. But Peter heals the man. And the man stands up and he starts dancing and he, he starts jumping up and down and running around screaming and praising God. Well, guess what happens? A crowd gathers. People start gathering around because they passed this man. They know who this guy is. They knew he couldn't walk and now he's walking. Now he's leaping. Now he's praising God. So they want to know more. You know what happens is when we serve people, it often opens a door to share the gospel verbally. See, serving people often opens a door, a chance, an opportunity to share the gospel verbally. And that's what Peter does. He begins to preach a message and to the crowd, and he's sharing Jesus. And I want you to notice in verse 19 of chapter 3 is Peter's kind of winding down that message, what he says. Chapter 3, verse 19, Peter says, Repent, therefore, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come, from the presence of the Lord, that may, he may send the Christ appointed to you. Notice what Peter said. He said, repent, turn away is what repent means. He's calling them to turn away from the religion in which they grew up in. He's calling them to turn away from the religion that they're trusting right now for the salvation of their soul. And he's saying, turn away from all of that and turn to Jesus. Because when you turn to Jesus by faith, your sins are blotted out. They are forgiven. And when you turn to Jesus and you turn from sin, refreshing from the Lord comes. A time of refreshing comes. A a time of revival, if you will, comes. I wonder how many of you this morning are, are lacking personal revival in your life because as a believer in Jesus Christ, there's a sin you're holding on to. There's a sin you won't turn from. You won't let go of. Once you listen, Acts chapter 3 verses 19 through 20 is telling you, turn, turn from the sin, turn to God, experience that time of refreshing in your life. Well, of course, when Peter preached that message, not everybody liked it. We pick up in chapter 4, in verses 1 through 2, and we see the Sadducees, and those are upset at Peter. And as they were speaking, verse 1 says, to the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Listen, the religious leaders of the day didn't have a problem with the dead Jesus. They had a problem with the living Jesus. See, a dead Jesus they were okay with. But a living Jesus changed everything. And today there are people who don't have a problem with the crucifixion of Jesus. They have a problem with the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because the resurrection changes it all. If this Jesus came back from the dead, as the Bible says, then he is Lord. Then he is the Savior. Then he is the Messiah. Then he is the one in all control. So they had a problem with the living Jesus. And I want you to notice, though, that not everybody had a problem with him. Verse 4 tells us that some people believed. Look in verse 4. It says, But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Understand this. When you share the gospel, there are going to be times people say no. There are going to be times people say, I want to hear more. And there are going to be people who say yes. And verse 4 tells us there were people who said, yes, now the number is about 5,000. You know, I know right now we are having to practice physical distancing as a church. When we come back on campus, things are not going to be the same. Our programs, 
things we've often done in the past, they're going to have to change. And we don't know how all those changes are going to happen. We don't know what it's all going to look like yet. But we have to understand right now as the people of God, we can't rely on everything we've always relied on. But here's what we can rely on. We can rely on the Word of God. We can rely on the Holy Spirit we have, and we can rely on one another. That's just what they had. They didn't have fancy buildings. They didn't have fancy programs. What did they have? They had the Word of God. They had the Holy Spirit. They had each other, and they were ministering, and people were being saved. And you and I still have that opportunity right now today, even when we come back, and things will be different. That's what we still can rely on, God's Word, His Spirit, and one another, and God will move. Well, as many still came to know Christ, that upset the religious leaders even more. And Peter and John in chapter 4 continue to share more about Christ, and it lands them in prison. And they spend a night in jail, and there at the end of chapter 4, they let them out of prison, but they deliver a message this time. And so pick up in verse 18. In chapter 4, after spending night in prison, the religious leaders tell Peter and John, so they call them and charge them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered to them and said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. I love that. If you've been with Jesus, you cannot but speak what you have seen and what you have heard. On verse 21, they threaten him. They're telling him, you got to stop. If you don't stop, we'll throw you in prison. We'll beat you. Eventually, we'll kill you. But you can't share about Jesus anymore. And this opens up a door for prayer. See, understand that there are times when outside pressure comes in, we have to decide as the people of God, how do we respond? And notice what happens in chapter 4 in verse 23. When they were released, they went with their friends. And they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together. I love verse 23. When they get out of prison, what do they do? They go to be with their friends. You've heard the phrase before, birds of a feather flock together. What happens with the people of God? We come together. We come together to worship God. That's who we are. We see that all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, that the ideal way to worship God is together, to be in a place, to be at a time, worshiping with one another. What we're having to do right now, as I've said over the last several weeks, is necessary. And it's good that we're able to still share and get the word of God out through this means. We're very grateful for God for this technology. I couldn't imagine going through this 20, 30 years ago without this technology. And understand, when we reopen campus, whether it is May 31st or June 7th, there are going to be some of you who are ready to come back. And there's going to be some of you that are going to be sitting in this worship center worshiping. There's going to be others of you that feel like now's not the time. I'm going to wait a few weeks. I may wait a little longer till I feel comfortable coming back. Let me say this to you. We understand. We don't want you to feel pressured. We don't want you to feel guilty. We don't want you to feel rushed when we reopen campus. If you need to stay home a little longer, we understand. We love you. And we want to show you all grace in that decision. But we want to ask you to stay connected. 
So when we reopen and, and people are beginning to come back together to worship, we want you to know you're still a part of everything we're doing and stay connected with us as we're going to stay connected with you. And when you feel comfortable coming back, we're going to celebrate being back together because that's what they do. That's what we did. But notice also in verse 24 what they do next. They gather together and then verse 24, they lift their voices to God. When outside pressure comes to the church, what it should do is not break the church apart, but it should bring us together. See, when outside pressure comes in, it shouldn't break us apart. It should bring us together as the people of God. We're going to have to make decisions. There are things that are going to have to change within the life of our church. And that's pressure. Those are hard times sometimes. Right now, as, as people of God, we're experiencing some different kind of pressure. So my, my call to you will be this. Let's unify. Let's unify in prayer as they did. Now I want you to notice this prayer that they're praying, and we're going to look deeper into the context of it. Pick up back again in verse 24. They said in Acts 4, verse 24, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of your father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. I want you to notice the context of this prayer. First, they recognize God's power and authority. They call him Sovereign Lord, the all-powerful God. In your prayers, start your prayers recognizing God's authority. They quote Psalm 2 in verses 1 through 2. And Psalm 2 in its entirety is about how the Lord and his anointed are overthrowing the plans of the nations that oppose him. And we see the fulfillment of Psalm 2 in Jesus Christ. It's by his life, death, burial, resurrection, and second coming that Christ will rule over all who oppose him. And so when you and I pray, we ought to not just rush right into our prayer requests, but we need to take time to recognize God's power and God's sovereignty over all things. They point out how he is the creator. And here's what's going to happen. See, when you bring God a prayer request, there's often times that prayer request looks very big and God looks very small. But if you will take time in your prayers recognizing and thinking and praying about God's sovereignty, praying about him being the creator, praying about him being in control, what's going to happen is he is now going to be very big in your mind and that prayer request is going to look small compared to him. So recognize God's authority in your prayers, but secondly, do this, make a specific request. Give a God the specific request that's on your heart. Pick up in verse 29, here's the request. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And the signs and wonders are performed through the name of your Holy servant Jesus. Verse 31 says, And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love that request. Did you notice it? 
Did they ask for the circumstance to change? Did they ask for God to end the threats? No, they didn't. What did they ask for? They asked for boldness. They said, God, look at all those threats and give us boldness. How often in our prayer times are we really asking God for boldness? Notice they said, God, stretch out your hand. God, look beyond our comfort and extend the gospel through this situation. Are are your prayers more just centered on your comfort? Are your prayers just centered more on your wants and your needs? Or are you praying for God to extend the gospel through you? They were. They were praying people just like we're praying people. But what's missing on your prayer list? They're saying, God, stretch out your hand. Look beyond our comfort. Spread out the gospel. And notice verse 31. When they prayed, the place was shaken. They experienced a visible manifestation of God. And the Holy Spirit filled them. Now, the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, has already come. They're already filled. But what does that mean? It means this. They experienced a, a new refreshing of the Holy Spirit. It was a new recognition of the Holy Spirit's presence and power in their lives. When's the last time you asked God for that? God, give me a new sense of the Holy Spirit in my life. Renew me, revive me, oh God. See, they were praying beyond their comforts. They were praying for the gospel to be extended. And now I want you to know this. That it's okay, and it's perfectly fine. It's actually biblical to pray for healing. You know, there's sickness in your family, there's sickness in your life, and you pray for God to heal you. That's, that's perfectly okay. You're out of work and you're praying for a job. That's okay. Yes, let's pray for those things. Let's pray for, for those who need work to find work. Let's pray for those who need to be healed to be healed. Let's pray for persecution to end around our, our world. Let's pray for suffering to end. Let's pray for the end of the coronavirus. Let's pray for all those things. But let's also pray this way. God, if you choose to leave all the hardships in my life, use them to advance the gospel. That was their prayer. Lord, if you choose to leave all the hardships in my life, use it to advance the gospel. You know, there's a a song I love by Laura Story. And uh, this is a song I know well. And it's a song that sometimes when it comes on the radio or, or it plays on my uh, iTunes, that it'll hit me a little differently each time. There's recently a time I was driving alone and I was listening to, uh, you know, I had my iPod on shuffle there and, and it came on. And I'll, I'll admit to you this way, I, I just started ugly crying in my truck by myself. Have you ugly cried in a while? It's okay. Guys, it's okay to cry. Right? Some of you are probably giving me the angry face or the, you know, the oh wow emoji right now. It's okay to cry, guys. And I mean, this got me. I, I was ugly crying, just driving down the road. Because there's a part of that song called Blessings that gets me every time. And here's what she says What if my greatest disappointments of the aching of this life is revealing a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? And what if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? 
Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. That means this. Whether you have troubles in your life right now as a believer in Jesus Christ, whether you're going to have troubles tomorrow, whether you're going to have hardships and troubles 10 years from now, as believers in Jesus Christ, our best life is not now. Our best life is to come. And Paul says in Romans 8, 11, that as a believer in Jesus Christ, one day you will have a glorious resurrection. So let me ask you this. What's missing on your prayer list? Is it a prayer like this? God, I'm asking you to remove all these hardships. Lord, I'm asking for healing. I'm asking for a job. I'm asking for for whatever's burdening you right now. But are you also praying, God, if you choose to leave it, use it to advance the gospel? Is what's missing from your prayer list a prayer for boldness? I want to invite you to pray right now with me. So let's bow your heads, close your eyes there in your living room, wherever you're watching. And I'm going to invite you to pray because that's who we are. We're praying people. I'm going to invite you to pray what's on your heart, what's on your mind. I'm going to invite you as you pray, you recognize God first as your sovereign Lord, the one in full control. And then make your request. Make it specific as they did. And pray that if God so chooses to leave whatever that is, that he'll use it to advance the gospel. You pray for boldness. As you're praying that way, let me invite those of you who don't know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to invite you to pray. Maybe right now you're ready to receive him. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, that all who believed in his name and received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. If you believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive him in your life, then you become his child. You're saved. As Peter says in Acts 3.19, you turn from your sin, you turn to Jesus. God blots those sins out. He erases them. And he gives you a time of refreshing. Maybe right now you want to pray with me, dear God. I'm ready to follow Jesus. I believe in him and I receive him in my life. Thank you, God, for saving me. Father, right now we recognize you as the one in full control. In a world that's ever-changing, by almost daily reports from our governmental leaders, Father, you're in control. Lord, remind us that no matter when life comes at us fast, that our identity in Jesus doesn't change. Lord, help us to live that identity out as being proclaimers, servants, and people who pray. Lord, I pray for every request that was just made. I pray that in your time and your wisdom and your way, you'll answer it. Lord, I pray in my life and the lives of others, if you choose to leave hardships, that you will use it to advance the gospel. You will use it to bring more people into your kingdom. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time of worship. We pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. This morning, if you prayed with me to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
I'm going to invite you to let us know. And the reason being is we want to celebrate that with you. We want to have a conversation and helping you along in your faith. So you can go to heightschurch.org slash decision. Right there, just give us your name, email address, phone number. I'll be in contact with you. Today, also, we want to invite you to serve. And here's some ways you can serve during this time. On May 17th, from 12 to 4 p.m., we'll be hosting in the Activity Center the Red Cross Blood Drive. We're excited about being able to partner with the Red Cross in this as this is a way we can serve our community. Uh, They're inviting people to come and to sign up to donate blood. We're not taking walk-ins that day. The Red Cross is going to be practicing all the physical distancing uh, procedures, but you have to sign up. Uh, So you can go to our website, thereheightschurch.org slash register and sign up for the blood drive. Also, uh, May 17th, there um, at 5 o'clock, we'll be back here on Facebook to give you the June reopen plan. But one way as we're preparing everything physically for the campus, we want to also prepare spiritually. And so how we're going to start preparing spiritually is also on May 17th at 2 p.m., We're going to prayer walk our campus. And so we invite you to come. Now, when you come, we're going to be practicing physical distancing. But what we're going to be doing is walking around the outside of campus. We're not going to be entering into our buildings. And we're going to be praying for when we reopen. And so we want to invite you May 17th at 2 o'clock here on campus to prayer walk with us as we spiritually prepare for the reopening of our campus. Again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, We look forward to worshiping with you again next week. As always, thank you for sharing this post as a way to get God's word out to more people. God bless. Have a great week.